Well, hello, and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. Um, I was talking with uh, a photographer the other day, uh, a photographer who's worked for a number of years, being commissioned very successfully, but who has decided uh, to do an MA, to go back into education, for personal reasons, really, I think. And he was telling me a story about something that had happened in a lecture recently to him. The person who was lecturing to him uh, was lecturing on analogue photography and describing how, or I suppose putting forward the, her belief that only photography created on film as analogue was photography and that anything digital had no relevance. This was being taught and being put forward as um, academic, shall we say, photographic fact. My friend, the photographer, questioned this, um, having had a successful career with both analogue and digital photography. Uh, he was somewhat confused by the, the idea that was being put forward and wanted to challenge it, which, as we know, is the basis of all good education, to, to challenge preconceived ideas. He was told that only pictures created in analog were serious because they required longer to actually take the photograph. The whole process slowed down the photographic process. He came back at this and said, well, actually, no, as a photographer who worked with analog for many years, I could work just as quickly with analog as I can with digital. It's not in the actual process. It's in the, the thought, the preparation, the thinking and the seeing. I think they had to come to some kind of a agreement to agree to disagree. But I think that the point that my friend the photographer was putting forward was very, very important and raised a number of, of issues. It also, for me, connected with a few other things that have been happening over the last um, week or so. One of which is that I put out a, a tweet and I, and I said this. It is acceptable for people to laugh when being photographed. They do not have to stare at the camera with their arms by their sides, isolated in a desaturated tonal landscape. I believe this to be a fact. So I put that out there, and the reason was I'd seen a photograph uh, by a previous contributor, actually, to the podcast, Craig Easton. And it was a photograph of, of a woman uh, working in the fish industry, just full of joy and energy and um, a really memorable image. I'm not saying that all images need to be smiley or all images need to be this, that or whatever. All I'm saying is that surely, I mean, I've always believed that the true, uh, truly successful portrait photograph is the one that's actually proof of a good conversation. So if we flip that around, a good conversation should lead to a strong portrait of that person. Um, that conversation does not have to be uh, a pleasurable conversation. It can be challenging. It may have gone, uh, been difficult. But it was a conversation nevertheless. And, and through that conversation, the photographer got under the skin of the person and was able to convey who that person was, not just what they looked like um, on the day. They were also able 
to reflect and, and and work with that person in creating that portrait. They weren't going there with a dominant aesthetic to lay over that person and actually turn that person into something they wanted them to be. Now, there are lots of argument points in there, and I know that many of you will be thinking of specific photographers and saying, yeah, but they did that with the aesthetic, or they did that. Well, of course they did. I'm just putting this out there for a discussion point. But what was interesting was the amount of responses I got to that, saying, yes, we've had enough of that kind of photography within photo competitions or, or whatever it may be, and that there was a feeling that that kind of work that we all know um, has become a dominant factor. So why has that become a dominant factor? Is it because the gatekeepers of photography are promoting that aesthetic? Is it because that kind of aesthetic is being taught and therefore only being known? Well, I think though, I think both of those things uh, have a very strong uh, responsibility for the kind of photography that we see. I've had a lot of conversations about analogue photography over the last couple of weeks because I've been in situations, academic situations, whereby um, there seems to be a huge return to analogue photography thanks to academic institutions that retained their analogue facilities. And actually at one I went to uh, recently where they've been investing in that. Now, I'm all for that. That's, it's, that's great. You know, it's great to learn analogue photography. We all know that a lot of the, the basics of the creation of the image, let alone the uh, post-production manipulation of the image, you know, they're all based on analogue photography even to this day. However, it does draw me to a point of concern when the realisation that these photographers are going to find, these young photographers, when they leave academia, that actually clients aren't going to be willing to pay for their analogue photography and that a simple scan is going to cost them upwards of uh, £20, $25 uh, to get created professionally in a professional lab let alone the amount of time that's going to be incurred in creating the digital artefact from the analogue artefact, um, which is going to be required within a commissioned environment. So it does make me think, is, is what we're doing here creating young photographers working in a specific way of creating work which because of the cost of analogue photography and film and processing and contacting, they're moving towards, shall we say, a simple solution of asking somebody to stand there in a very static way. Perhaps we're even going back to that carte de visite. We're going back to Victorian photography, that idea of standing very still to get the exposure right, to take the photograph, um, the, the process of less risk, to ensure that a picture comes out as an analogue artefact, which is printed and goes onto a wall. If that's the case, we're travelling down a very, very narrow road. Over the last couple of weeks, uh, the choices of photographer, the photographers I've requested to come onto the podcast have, I suppose in a way, come from a personal perspective. One um, with Elliot Landy last week concerning um, my sort of first recognition of photography 
Um, and then prior to that, uh, Jeff Waring, a, a very old friend and a great art director. If you haven't listened to those uh, two podcasts and previous podcasts, do please dip back into the archive. There really is gold there being presented by other people. But this week... Um, I saw some work online. I thought it was interesting, and so I reached out to the photographer. That photographer is Gia Bessana. Um, she's an Italian self-taught photographer currently living and working between Paris and Barcelona. Uh, after studying media and communication in Turin, she began working as a photographer and moved to Paris. Focusing on women's issues, she travelled extensively and joined the Anzenberger Agency in Vienna in 2005 and is now represented by their gallery uh, and the 1968 gallery in London. Her work is regularly published in international magazines such as the New York Times, Huffington Post, Marie Claire, Vanity Fair, Le Monde, Courier International uh, and Esquire magazine. Um, her personal work, has received numerous international awards and she was a finalist in the Julia Margaret Cameron Award and the uh, Leica Oscar uh, Barnack uh, Award also. Her personal project, Baby Blues, won the Amilcare Ponicelli Grin 2012. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. Anyway, this week um, we have Gia Bassana explaining to us what photography means to her. Hello Grant, thank you for inviting me to a photographic life. What does photography mean to me? I could probably summarize with a word that is journey. It has been a journey and it is a journey. I kind of like this word because it describes movement and I think that movement for me is important as a photographer and human being. I think that I became a photographer because I wanted to move constantly, mentally and physically. I began uh, my career as a photographer because I hadn't really planned to be a photographer. So I became uh, assistant of photographers on field and I was testimony of their lives as photographers. And I think that that was the first time that I realized I wanted to be a photographer because of the freedom and because uh, it's a work that um, implies constant uh, thoughts and evolution and uh, discoveries, connections with people. Um, life as a photographer for me is also about um, having discipline and passion. So I feel like a person that is quite split in this way. I have a romantic side which thinks about new works and new narratives and that's where the passion for the work lies but then i have this other side of me which is a, like a soldier and um, reminds the other one that you need discipline and you have to structure all this project to bring it outside in the real world so these things kind of interact constantly making me feel active an active person and um, I started in photography with uh, reportage, so I was working in the reportage domain and uh, I was covering stories which were mainly uh, women stories because I probably needed to relate to them. And at a certain point I started questioning myself on the ethics of the way I was working because I was not spending enough time in locations to actually restitute images that were for me uh, truthful to what I was really seeing and living. 
And uh, at that time, I became a mother. And that's when it became natural for me to shift to a different way of uh, approaching photography and to uh, wanting to um, express uh, through photography the uncomfortable feeling that I had at the time because I couldn't work as I did before, so I couldn't travel anymore and move as I did before. And um, that is the moment where I started pushing boundaries between truth and fiction. And uh, I started with a series on motherhood called Baby Blues, where I was actually staging friends in scenes of motherhood um, and uh, narrating and describing the conflict that I had. And it was rewarded. It was rewarded with a, with a prize. It was um, uh, rewarded with uh, publications. And it became a way for me to uh, be more true to my uh, feelings and managing any ways to tell stories and narrate stories and having um, the possibility to create images that illustrated articles of other people that were sharing the same experience or the same themes in their lives. The challenge for me as photographer has always been to kind of uh, start with a small stories that comes from a place where no one really looks and then try to transfer that in a universal narrative and uh, I think that fiction for me works really well in that sense. So I could probably wrap it up saying that a life as a photographer is a dream come true. Thank you, Gia, for uh, your contribution this week. If you want to check out her work, let me just spell it out for you. G-U-I-A, Gia Bassana, B-E-S-A-N-A. Google and check her out. It's well worthwhile doing so. So we started this week, or I started this week, um, talking about that idea of not travelling down a narrow road. And I think it's really important to sort of recognize that photography as a medium is so fulfilling whether or not that's within a documentary style a commission style a contemporary art style whatever it may be there's great fulfillment to be had there but also i believe it should be an area of experimentation without rules when i put out the tweet that i spoke about earlier in the podcast um, a lot of very pedantic comments came back. No, photography is this, photography is that, portraiture is this. No, it's not. It can be whatever you want it to be. Of course, one of the key things is the importance of technical knowledge, lighting, light meters, exposures, apertures, color temperatures. All of these things are important and should be taught and should be learned and they should be understood. But they should not be the dominant. They should not be the lead in work. As regular listeners know, I often talk about the connection between music and photography. And for me, if any of you know the history of jazz, um, it's littered with little groups of people saying, no, this is not jazz because it has a banjo. This is not jazz because it has this or that or whatever, or the, the rhythms aren't right. 
Well, photography should be constantly evolving. It should be constantly morphing into new things, adopting new practices, adopting new ways of seeing, adopting new ways of working. And I think that to me is what's really important. So let's try and avoid that pigeonholing of ourselves into specific areas of work or ways of working. The idea that taking a photograph of somebody looking serious therefore makes it serious photography is of course ridiculous. It's just as ridiculous as saying that just because I'm very serious when I'm taking the photograph, I've created a serious photograph. No, intent and context are important, but again, they do not need to be the dominance. What we're looking for here surely is some form of balance. Talking about change and evolution, um, I'm changing what I do, but don't worry. Everything at the United Nations of Photography will stay the same, and so will this podcast. It will continue coming out every week. But um, I'm very excited to announce that um, I will be leaving lecturing where I currently do at the University of Gloucestershire, and I'll be moving to Oxford Brookes University as from this summer as senior lecturer and uh, subject coordinator for photography. Um, they don't currently have photography there and they haven't. And uh, I'll be establishing photography within the university and also a new course, um, hopefully um, a unique course, a course full of interesting ways of approaching the medium of photography, uh, lens-based media, the moving image, uh, various forms of visual communication. And I think it's going to be hugely exciting. I hope it is. Um, so that's where I will be from this summer, Oxford Brookes University, Oxford in the UK. So if you're interested in um, what I'm going to be doing there, uh, do check them out online. Check out their website. Um, it'll be an evolving process. And I'll give you more information on that if you are interested in future podcasts. Uh, so that was my big news, and that was the big news that um, I've been working on only over the last couple of weeks, actually. And perhaps that also kind of demonstrates that need for uh, openness and that need to take on challenge and that need not to um, stick to uh, the status quo. Anyway, as I said previously, it's been a, 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 a busy old week because... Um, I've been doing all sorts of things and meeting up with people and having conversations. And it's always so good to share that conversation with photographers. Um, I do want to say a big thank you to everybody who has supported the podcast after the last year for all the kind comments concerning my move to Oxford Brooks that have come to me on various social media platforms. Also, um, the very kind comments that have been made about the Do Not Bend film. And uh, that continues to be available, um, Bill J, uh, The Photographic Life of Bill J, uh, still available on YouTube. Just check that out. This podcast is available now on more platforms than I seem to be able to keep up with, but certainly still on iTunes, um, SoundCloud, Spotify, and all the main ones. Uh, it would be really kind if you could write a rating or a review of this podcast. Uh, it does help us move forward. And the uh, short amount of time that you spend really does help us get these messages and get this kind of shared free information out to as many people as possible. And really, I think 
at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's not about agreeing. It's about kind of thinking, uh, being challenged, and I suppose being rigorous in our uh, personal um, analysis, uh, reflections on what we're doing and why we're doing it. But of course, the most important thing always is just to take care. Thank you.